Punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. Maybe they were super necessary. Welcome to episode 10 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favorite combat sports podcast, hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know even less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and I'm joined, as always, by my man, Adam. What's good? How's lockdown life treating you? That hair is getting more and more out of control. Oh, no, I've um, resorted to the man bun. Uh, I look like a fucking idiot, but episode <laughs> 10, man. Episode 10, we've... Uh, hit that milestone. I feel like it's a pretty big one. It was all a bit of a mad rush when we first started the pod. Uh, got looking back on myself, I was a nervous wreck in the first one. Not sure why. I knew no one was listening. But I feel like we've grown a lot closer as podcast hosts, but we've gone about two continents away from each other at the same time. And there's an ocean Absolutely. between it all. But exciting times ahead. The audience is growing day by day and um thank you for everyone that has been listening so far yeah absolutely we appreciate everyone who does listen to the pod and tune in it really helps helps us feel good about what we're doing because you know while we enjoy doing this just for ourselves it's you know there's only so long you can go with only a couple of people listening before you're like why are we even doing this so it's awesome to see our audience growing as as the podcast grows and we said that in episode one as well so if you were along for the ride you'll grow and and join us along our journey as we take over the MMA media space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just one thing I wanted to correct you on. You said you enjoy this. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is this. You, you don't let the audience behind the curtain, right? We hate each other. Remember that. I absolutely <laughs> loathe doing this. It's the worst hour of my week. Fair enough. Um, I know you're getting married this week, so uh, that, that might get close as well. <laughs> Let's move on. So there's a sick card on the weekend just gone. Probably one of the best fight nights in a while. I've, I've even myself just been like a bit ugh with the UFC lately since the last pay-per-view. But um, yeah, these guys brought it and it was a pretty stacked card to begin with for a fight night, I thought. And then the main card produced, the main fight produced, and there was a wild knockout as well that was one of the best I've ever seen. But <laughs> what do you make of it? Yeah, as you said, on paper, stacked, in reality, delivered. Not only did we have some really sweet matchups, we got to see the ultimate fighter um, in the middleweight and bantamweight divisions crowned as well. So that was really cool to see. Although it is feel that with the US, like it sucked because there was no audience there. It feels always underwhelming for the, when they crown the ultimate fighter. They bring out this shitty glass trophy award thing. And it kind of feels like bring out a big check, bring them some kind of belt. awesome trophy, bring bring them a belt, bring them something, right? Bring yeah, bring them a gift from a sponsor, get them to sign a contract right there in the cage, like make something of it. Uh, other than Dana White saying, 
a few words, a congratulations, and then here you go, and he just walks off out of the cage. I feel, given how difficult it is to win the UFC, and they're always talking about this is the hardest thing you'll do, this is the toughest competition in sports, da 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 Make it worth it. Make it something awesome. And I also, you know, it w- was a great fight night, but I also feel that not enough eyeballs are tuning in to see the winners of the Ultimate Fighters crowned. And this is a journey. These guys will go on now to have pretty solid UFC careers. Some of them will go on to possibly fight or even win world championships. These guys should be marketed a little bit better, maybe even put on the prelims for a a pay-per-view event or something like that. I know the timing doesn't always work out, but it just felt a little bit underwhelming. The fights were not underwhelming. No way. And this is this is what we've seen. They were unbelievable fights and they were great fights. All all of the fights they were involved in during the season were great. So we knew we were going to get something good. It just felt a little bit wasn't the platform wasn't big enough for people to get to know them and they get this six figure contract, three fight deal with you, da 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 da. Just make something a bit better of it. Having said that, wow, what a card of fights. Where do you want to start with this one? Do you want to go top to bottom? Do you want to just pick the fights out at random? I'm going to let you go first. What was your biggest takeaway? The best fight? We, we can pick up wherever you want to go from. I think we'll, let's stick with the ultimate fighter for now and go from there because the ultimate fighter has come a long way since it started. And I feel like they still like you just, everything you just said is right. They're not, they're not publicizing it well. They're not giving it enough attention. And it's kind of like a bit of an, to look at it even looks a bit old, I feel like, the show. But the actual fighters and the actual fights have come. They are insanely different. Like the the Forrest Griffin and um, Stefan Bonner, the, you know, the OG, the famous fight, like that's an absolute war. But I feel like these ones this weekend were like that, but with skills. Like those guys, they're Way more skilled, you know, like so much technique on the ground and they just kept going and they even – up to the ante a little bit, I, I thought, in the in the last round. And, fuck, it was so good to see. And cards on the table, I haven't watched all of the Ultimate Fighter season yet, but I've watched a few episodes, and it's so good that you can just stream it now. But far out. They're, they're all so – they're all – I feel like all those guys would have won earlier seasons if they were able to throw it in. It just sort of demonstrates how far the sport's come, I think. That's exactly right. You made, made the point I was going to make that – MMA has evolved such a long way that people now are just deciding to go and train MMA as something they want to do and become professional MMA fighters. When we're talking back, the Ultimate Fighter, the first few seasons, it was dudes who scrapped a bit who were just starting to get into, into MMA or were learning another discipline or you know, or previously being kickboxers or whatever and were slowly rounding their game off. But the professionalism has come such a long way. And there are other promotions around where fighters can make a living outside of the UFC. Not a great living, but they they you know, they can they can certainly do it. And um, it was it was yeah, all the fights were great to see. We ended up having three fights on here, so let's talk about them real quick. The first one was Andre Petrosky. I think he was the first overall pick for Team Ortega, if I recall correctly, and he fought Michael Gilmore. Now, Michael Gilmore, if you haven't seen the show, was a late addition, I think in the second last or maybe even the last uh, episode before they got onto the semifinal fights. And he came in and had he was a, an alternate on the show. It's a great story. I was rooting for him to go to, to win in the house and to also potentially win, win this fight. He was an alternate on the show and quit his job. 
He had a, a full-time professional job, quit his job to stay in Vegas on his own dollar to wait. And if an injury happened at middleweight, he would get that call up. And that's what happened. So incredible story by him, incredible willingness to bet on himself and take a chance to turn away, you know, uh, turn down and walk away from a career to go, hey, maybe someone will get hurt and I can step in on this show. So obviously, you know, Dana White, you know, he's going to love that story. So it was not a surprise to me, even though he lost in the house, he came in on very short notice. It might've been 24 hours notice because I can't even remember the kid's name, but you knew right away he was going to pull out that fight. He was never going to take that fight. So he gets drafted into Team Ortega. Good for him. Fortunately, it doesn't go well. He just gets grappled. and that. He was a karate world champion, karate stand-up fighter. His wrestling takedown in the house, uh, wrestling defense, takedown defense in the house was not great. It improved leaps and bounds in this, in this uh, second fight that we saw him have. Uh, on, on the weekend, he was able to stuff Petrovsky's takedowns. Uh, you know, especially in the second round, he started to look quite quite good. Unfortunately, he he, he didn't end up getting the win, uh, but I still think he might get one more shot in the UFC just because Dana White be like, "This is the kind of attitude and fighter mentality I want to reward." That kid who left the Ultimate Fighter, there is zero chance he ever gets a contract in the UFC. That's it done he walked away from it unless he goes away and puts on a undeniable five six fight winning streak and ends up getting a call up again but you know dana white does not forget these things and understandably so because the doctor gave him the clearance to to, to compete in that fight without turning this into a whole recap of the ultimate fighter focusing on this fight i think andre petrosky is an incredibly overrated fighter he's a wrestler with not much else he doesn't know how to set up his wrestling he, he, he just shoots takedowns from across the cage. He is a very good wrestler, but he was the best wrestler in the house. He was able to get Gilmore down and ended up ground and pounding him to win the fight. But there was a moment there in the second where I thought, oh, shit, Gilmore might do this because there was, he, he, he stuffed two or three takedowns in a row, was lighting Petrosky up with strikes. And I just think from the, from the beginning, from the off, he was an incredibly overrated fighter who just wrestle-humped people to the ground and sort of tried, tried to hold them there. I don't know if you've seen the episode, like uh, Petrosky fight in the UFC, in the Ultimate Fighter yet, but you obviously saw him this weekend. What were your thoughts on this fight? I thought the same thing. I didn't know a lot about both of them going into the fight, so I kind of prefer that, if anything, because you're not going like, oh no, this guy does this. I reckon he's going to win. No bias either way. I thought it was fairly even, but I felt like it. You could sort of see Petrosky was going to win at some point. Uh. uh Gilmore had that, like, he's clearly fighting for his life the entire fight. It was so obvious, and that was why he probably lasted as long as he did. But I thought Petrosky was probably going to, just watching it, I didn't have a prediction before it, just watching it, I thought Petrosky's probably going to get this done at some point, and that's ended up being what, what happened. Yeah, it, it, it felt like the takedowns were going to become inevitable, and what happened in the first round with the superior control Petrosky had it was quite obvious that if he was able to get Gilmore down, he wasn't getting back up. And so when it came to the second round, I was like, okay, maybe he can put him away here. That sort of was going to be his opportunity. You felt that Petrosky getting a bit of a rest, recovering, coming out in the third, that, as you said, he, he, he could probably get a takedown and, and win the fight. Uh, would have liked to see Gilmore throw some more leg kicks. They were starting to look quite effective, but I also understand the hesitancy of throwing them out there to potentially get taken down. But overall, I thought it was an entertaining fight. I would love to see Gilmore get one more shot, not for any other reason other than, you know, he really put it all out there. Let's throw him on the prelim of a, of a fight night again and give him give him a fight against a striker and give him some time to, to, 
to develop his his wrestling game. But anyway, it is what it is. So the fight. Um, well, let's, let's let's stick with the Ultimate Fighter here. We had yeah. the welterweight, excuse me, the the bantamweight championship. Ricky Tercios against uh, Brady Heastand. What a fight, man! What a friggin' fight! And if you haven't seen you haven't seen Ricky's fights yet, they're all like that. He's an absolute whirlwind. Obviously, you saw in his post fight interview what a character is. He's a bit of a lunatic. He's completely unique. He's Sugar beholden Sean to no vibes. one. Different, but Sugar, Sugar Sean vibes. Sugar Sean vibes without the tattoos of questionable rappers on his body. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, um, I'm just thinking about Snoop Dogg, that, that comment. You know, have you seen the video of O'Malley fighting in Ultimate Fighter and Snoop Dogg's just like, O'Malley, O'Malley. He said it about a hundred <laughs> times, just like that's all he said. So yeah. good. Stop putting Snoop Dogg on commentary. I'm sorry. In any sport, in Triller, in the stop, please. No, don't stop. Snoop Dogg's the fucking best. <laughs> yes, this fight though. This speaking of the best, this fight was electric. Yeah, I I thought fight of the night. I don't know if it was awarded that, but unbelievable. I actually caught the end of it, and um, the commentators were just going fucking wild. It was like the last round, and I was like the beauty of KO. I just. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not watching the rest of this round. I went straight back to the start of it and like watched it on delay. And holy shit, it was fucking wild. I yeah, um, it was fighter of the night. I feel like, like the ultimate fighter, as much as it is just a TV show, there's been some fighters that have become superstars in the UFC. And I feel like this guy is one of those that's going to happen fairly quickly. Whether he's like a title contender or not, I'm not 100% sure yet. He obviously has to fight more, but. He's definitely the superstar. He's going to be in the spotlight pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, no question. Unfortunately, these guys... Oh, no, these guys did get fight of the night and they got an undisclosed bonus. I think given that they were competing in Ultimate I, I think both of these guys got taken care of nicely. And then the 50K bonuses went to uh, Gerald Mishart, Giga Chikadze, Pat Sabatini, and Abdul Rasak. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan as well. So we'll talk about those fights shortly. But what a great fight. I think you're right. Ricky Tercios is a superstar. Brady Heiston is just 22 or 23 years old. He has got a huge future in the UFC. 100% he gets a UFC contract as well. Uh, and I'm excited to see how his career develops because he seems just like a nice, good kid as well. And you you want to see – it's always good to see good people do do well particularly when they're absolute badasses like he is really really cool to see the middleweight final was brian the brian battle against gilbert urbina who was brought back because of a, uh, an injury to trey sean uh i can't remember trey sean's name was it trey sean gore i don't want to guess and get it wrong it's <laughs> like i did yeah trey sean trey, trey sean gore uh, so that was unfortunate. That was unfortunate for him. I'm sure he'll get an opportunity to to fight in the UFC at some point. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they match him up with another Ultimate Fighter veteran here, potentially against and Andre Petrovsky or, or, or something like that. That could be interesting on a on an undercard coming in the future. Gilbert looked good. He was obviously came in off of short notice, and he lit battle up. He 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 landed some good strikes. He's got a pedigree of fighting in his family. I think he's probably the best and the most talented. And he, uh, this, again, this was a, a back and forth fight. I really enjoyed it. But Brian Battle just showed good character, excellent skills. 
um, did an excellent job of securing the, the submission to win the fight. I thought he was the deserved winner. He was also the, the last overall pick in the house, which is just awesome to see. Big Cal Kelvin Gastelum vibes as well. I believe the same situation happened to yeah, him. Yeah. And, he, and he actually said, he's like, Dana White said, hey man, Kelvin Gastelum won this shit. He was the last pick. So it is really cool to see to see when that thing happens. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do. He improved every fight in the house. He looked an improved fighter again. I think his, you know, far be it for me to say someone someone's physique isn't all that but for a for a mid from for a middleweight he his his physique is pretty sloppy i think he, he i think he could lose a little bit more weight or get in better shape he doesn't look very conditioned very well toned that could just be his physique so you obviously get some guys like that like but Gaslam. he does look like he <laughs> gaslam's just a greedy bastard who eats everything in sight he's an absolute disgrace to to I'm sorry, Kelvin Gastelum looks like a fridge, ate everything in the fridge, and then ate the fridge as well. Like when you have that many issues cutting weight, my goodness, Kelvin Gastelum, sort yourself out. It's an absolute disgrace. He should be fighting at welterweight. He's anyway. Rant little little uh, fat shaming rant aside on thank you. Little <laughs> look, Kelvin <laughs> triggered. But, um... Yeah, I do that. I saw your little Twitter rant. <laughs> um, but we, we love all UFC fighters, mate. We're here to support and grow the UFC. We're not here to insult the fighters, especially knowing that um, they could uh, destroy us if they really wanted to. But um, fair enough, if you want to just go hard, I'm happy to sit here and be a spectator while we go hard on oh, no, an absolute savage that uh, went five. I mean, pr okay, pr prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Stop missing weight then, dude. It's your job. Fair enough. Um, he's a great fighter. I'm not taking anything away from his fighting skills. He's got the, this, the skill set. He, he, he should have been, he should be champion or fighting for the, like, you know, he really should have the, of the welterweight division. Yeah. He could be if he wasn't such a greedy, greedy bastard. Anyway, um, um, good fight. Looking forward to see what really feel about that. Or? Yeah, no, I will. I just <laughs> let me get the the correct bit out of the way first, and then I'll I'll tell you how I really feel off air. No. Oh wait, we were recording this whole time. Oh no, you got me again. Oh well, at least you weren't being racist this time. <laughs> Uh, main event. Let's go main event. Barbosa. Yeah. I wanted to see Barbosa win. <laughs> what a fight. It was. It was it was unreal. I wanted to see Barbosa win and all the experts were picking um Chikadze. Is that how you say it? Chikadze. Yeah, Giga Chikadze. Yeah. Um Chikadze, everyone was picking him. I didn't really know a whole lot about him other than that he's like promising. And um I just wanted Barbosa to win purely out of being a fan, I didn't really, I couldn't really pick who was going to win. Barbosa is fucking. Speaking of making weight and being fit, Edson Barbosa is fucking shredded. <laughs> Absolutely oh shredded. God. I was, um, yeah, pitching a tent in my trousers watching that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, he looks great. He looks great. He could turn me. Um, it has been a has been a minute in lockdown, you know, a bit of inactivity for me. So it's not taking a whole lot. The the hot showers are getting getting me where I need to be. <laughs> but uh, and that's enough about me. 
I, I thought Barbosa I wanted Barbosa to win. He didn't get the win, but I, I thought he actually fought pretty well. It was just an unreal fight, and Chikadze is a uh, one to fucking watch in the featherweight division, I think. Oh, without question. He's one or two fights away from a title shot, and he certainly, certainly spices up that, that division, really. Like, Featherweight his is... technique is absurd. His speed, his power, the way he can throw head kick. You don't know where the kicks are going when he throws them. He's yeah. so technical, so good, so dexterous. It's just, he's a freak and show he's doing to that watch. against Barbosa, who is one of the hardest, best kickers ever. Like, especially right. in that way. So exactly, exactly. So what What a great fight. Incredible performance by Giga Chikadze. He He wants to be the... Uh, alternate in the next uh, featherweight championship fight, which you know makes complete sense. Love, love to see that. And then he also called up Max Holloway. That would be a wild, wild fight. I think maybe probably needs another. Chikadze, win. I think he needs another win to get Holloway. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just looking at the the um, the uh, UFC rankings with uh, in, in the men's featherweight division here. Obviously, Holloway's sat at number one. Giga Chikate's been moved up to number eight. Yair Rodriguez is an interesting fight, potentially. I don't know if he's been matched up with anyone uh, just yet. But I think an interesting one to bring him back to would be be Calvin Cater, who last got pieced up by Max Holloway. He hasn't had a a fight yet. We're waiting for him to come back. I think that could be a really interesting fight because Cater's got tremendous boxing. And you'd be like to see how he sort of matches up with all of Giga's diverse striking skill set. So that would be a fight I'd be really interested in seeing because Calvin Cater went on an absolute tear before he got slowed down by Max Holloway and showed his absolute insane toughness to get through five rounds with him after eating a thousand shots to the head. So that could that's a that's a fight that would interest me interest me a lot. Like I said, I think he needs one more before he gets a crack at Holloway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Huge future. Edson Barbosa, 35 now. He he I hope he gets a few good sort of good money fights left in him before before it's time to hang him up. He dropped down to number 10 from nine. So he's, you know, he's still one of the elite featherweights in the world, but I think he's going to be more of one of these these gatekeepers now. And you wonder for him, he's he's recently beaten Shaneberg. He beat Shane Burgos. He had a win over Amir Khani. But then he's also, you know, he lost to, he lost to Dan Ige, he lost to Paul Felder um, when coming down. Oh, Paul Felder was a Paul Felder was a the lightweight fight, my mistake. And then he he came down and lost his first split decision fight with Dan Ige. So he's 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 been doing quite well in the, in in the featherweight division overall. So it's just his age makes you a little bit can, hesitant to think that he can really put together a run together, and uh, and, and and have a shot at the belt. Yeah, not much more I can add to that. Let's push on to next week. Well, this weekend. Is it this weekend, actually? It is this weekend. Uh, before you do that, fastest head kick KO ever, Abdul Razak Halassan. That was unbelievable on the uh, featured prelim fight on the card. And uh, Dustin Jacoby, light heavyweight, put away Darren Stewart. Darren Stewart represent out of England, unfortunately, on a four-fight losing skid has been released from the UFC as well. So... I uh, just wanted See to you, throw mate. those notes in there. Yep. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, um, 
Thank you for adding yeah, that, let's in. Move that on. fucking KO. Just Google it. Just Google UFC KO this weekend. I'm sure it'll come up. It's <laughs> fucking wild. Uh, this weekend, I was right, Sunday the 5th of September if you're Australian. Otherwise, figure it out yourself. Derek Brunson, Darren Till in the UK. Darren Till, who just, if you've ever heard it's, 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 it's not. It's not It's not in the UK. It's not in the UK. It's, it's unfortunately it's being held in Vegas, but there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be, yeah, they moved it from the UK because of COVID. They couldn't get all of the people um, from where they needed to be. I'm into so the UK without potentially quarantine. I didn't even realize. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. They moved watching to stuff in the Apex. I'm so sick of it. I know, I know. I'm pretty sure it is in the Apex Center yeah, as it well. Is, it is, it um, is. I just had a look. Um, yeah, so unfortunately, you're not going to have the huge crowd. There's so the many UK, UK crowd fighters there. as well. Well, that was it. It was built to be held in London. There was going to be, there's at least four or five UK fighters on there. Darren Till, Tom Aspinall, um, even uh, Bacorcus, Paddy Pimlet. Molly McCann, there's there's loads of, of English fighters on there. Unfortunately, uh, it's going to be it's going to be in the Apex Center, but it's going to be at primetime television time for the UK as well. So the UFC has actually adjusted their mo, and I, I'm sure it had something to do with the television agreements based on when the the for fight sure, was actually yeah. set to be in London. But that's great for these UK fighters and the European-based fighters, because a few of them as well, that their fans are going to be able to watch this in prime time. I'm definitely going to be watching, tuning in, because uh, there's, there's lots of fights that I'm excited to to see here, not least starting it off with uh, with Paddy Pimlet making his UFC featherweight debut against the Italian Luigi Vendramini. Paddy Pimlet, if you don't know, he was a Cage Warriors champion, and he is just an exciting, exciting Young phenom of a fighter coming up in this featherweight division. Incredible submission game. Striking has improved every fight. His conditioning has improved uh, every fight. And, yeah, he brings in a good, solid record of, I believe, 16-3. and He's been a hype machine on Twitter. If you don't follow him, I I suggest you uh, rectify that immediately. He is a great follow. He talks shit to people. He does not care. It's... He is just, he's just your usual guy, except he happens to be an absolute assassin as well. And he if is you're just a gambler, someone, throw him in your black book because uh, he's going to be around for a while, I think. Absolutely. This kid is coming to make waves in the UFC. I'm excited to follow his career. It's great to have an up-and-coming fighter who's exciting, talented, talks the talk, walks the walk, promotes themselves, and is going to be making waves and promoting the English MMA scene. He was on Michael Bisping's podcast a few weeks ago. He was a really good, really good guest on that. And Bisping has paved the way for for British fighters, the the Hall of Famer, the former middleweight champion, the legend that is Michael Bisping. And now the path has been made for fighters like Paddy the Baddy, like Darren Till, to be able to come and legitimately have opportunities to compete for UFC world titles in the future. Obviously, Paddy's got a bit of a way to go before he's fighting for for featherweight gold. But for Darren Till, the main event of this fight against Derek Brunson, this could be it. This could be the fight that then gets him his matchup that he's so wanted with Israel Adesanya for the middleweight championship of the world. It's the main event. Adam, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Who is winning this fight? Derek Brunson. I hate you. You put me You're on wrong. the spot. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're wrong. Nah, I, 
No, this this I'm is a stylistic match, right? No, I'm this is a stylistic match. One because it's it's quite even, I think. But I, yeah. to be honest, I don't give a fuck who wins because I don't. None of those dudes are beaten Adesanya. I don't reckon they're just not. I think Darren Till gives Adesanya a much more difficult fight than Derek Brunson. All right, then. If you think that's true, then I want Till to win. Yeah, because he just doesn't have the striking credentials. He's a great wrestler, and that's where this fight is going to be decided. Till has got superior striking, kickboxing, um, and, and boxing. Can Brunson take him down? Brunson, collegiate wrestler. Uh, I think he, he's a black belt, very good grappler, but but not necessarily the the, the, the best best striker. Um He's lost it. And he's also, of course, he's he's lost to Israel Adesanya before. Yeah. It quite, was a fairly quite, good fight, though, that, that fight. Like, it it wasn't a complete domination. I was, I've seen Izzy have more one-sided fights, but he did convincingly beat him. Yeah. I mean, it was, let's say it was as less one-sided as it could be for a first-round knockout, I guess. You know, and then, but, but in credit to him, he's gone away. And he's put on a four-fight winning streak. What there's not more. There's not more that you can do. So he's earned his shot. This should be a title eliminator. But he's just not the most exciting fighter. Unanimous decision. Unanimous decision. Okay, he got Edmund Shabazian in the last round, and then he just wrestle humped Kevin Holland, who is a superior striker, uh, and is never going to bother uh, adding any wrestling to his game. That's fine. But Derek, this this is how this fight is going to be decided. Can he put Derek? Um, uh, Darren Till up against the cage, take him down and control his posture. On the other hand, can Darren Till keep this fight standing, keep the fight in the middle of the cage, stuff the takedowns and and unleash uh, unleash vicious strikes onto Derek Brunson? If this if he's able to do that, Darren Till wins this fight handily and convincingly. Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't care who wins. I, it's going to be a tough one to pick, but I'm so excited for it. It's there's massive stakes for it. They're both fucking absolute savages and right that middleweight division is one of one of the best to watch i feel like it's the middleweight and the light heavyweight are like that perfect mixture of still huge dudes but like usually fairly lean and usually just so fast and athletic still and um yeah watching these two guys go out it's gonna be nuts uh, the stuff till's been saying the last three months, he's just been begging for a fight. And finally, it feels like he hasn't fought in three years, but it hasn't been that long. But um, they, Well, they were supposed to fight. They were supposed to fight earlier, and then he broke his rib in um, in training a few weeks out from the fight, I believe. So it got postponed, which was a shame. So we finally get to see this fight. It gets put on a great card. They built a card around it. It was going to be in the UK. It's a shame that it's not going to not going to be there. But still, some incredible fights. The co-main event I cannot wait for. Tom Aspinall, heavyweight fighter, coming up in the division, and he's a modern heavyweight. He's fit. He's athletic. He moves well. He's got great grappling. He's got heavy hands. Good clinch game. This is a kid who could really, you know, potentially have a, a almost like a Cyril Garn type emergence into the heavyweight division he strings together two or three more wins and as we talk about all the time in the heavyweight division you're knocking on the door if you can post together two or three straight wins inside the top 15 it's such a dangerous division Aspinall can put himself into that position I'm not sure how old he is but he's 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 he's, he's definitely young he's definitely young uh 
28 years old, which for a heavyweight he's got is 10 years of prime. Left he's got in ten, heavyweight. 10 years, 10 years. He's, he's, he's really, he's lost two fights on his record, but one of those was a disqualification for an illegal elbow. He's really lost one fight in his career. He should be 11 and one. He has a good win over Andre Arlovsky, which got him a performance of the night in his last fight out earlier in, in February this year. He he's had three fights in the UFC, three wins, two performances of the nights. You know he's exciting. He's well rounded. He is a excellent jujitsu practitioner. I think I mentioned a while ago he 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 grew up his his uh, his dad was a, a, a jujitsu black belt, a jujitsu instructor. So this kid has grown up on the mat, wrestling, boxing, jujitsu. It's very exciting to see where this kid is going to go, and I'm definitely picking him to win, even though he's he's. Not finding a scrub in, in Sergey uh, Pavlovich. Like, if you're in the top 15 in the heavyweight division, you are uh, you are certainly not a scrub. And Sergey is uh, 14 and one with his only loss coming to Alistair Overeem. So he's got his work cut out for him. But this this would be an incredibly impressive win on his resume if he can get this done. Yeah, no more to add to that, mate. Uh, is there any other fight you wanted to talk about about this card? Uh no, no, there isn't. Uh, just again, tune in. I'm excited. Tune in, Paddy Pimlet. He's gonna get it done. Get your dollars on him. He's he's excited. Do yourself a favor. Go and watch his Cage Warriors fights. They're exciting. They're great fights. I know people don't often want to watch the the smaller promotions, but Cage Warriors is legit, real legit. And I thought this was a real interesting nugget that we're stealing now from from Michael Bisbin's podcast. Believe you me, he was offered to the UFC or by the UFC about three years ago and he turned them down. He said he didn't feel he was ready at that point in his career. And I believe he was paid. I'm sure that was, it was Paddy who said that. I think he was paid more money by cage warriors. It's a legit organization that sells out arenas in the UK and in Europe. It's a, it's a Conor really McGregor big deal there as well. Conor McGregor was a two weight world champion in cage warriors sold out. So he's got a lot of hype behind him and people are comparing a little bit. Paddy to to Conor McGregor, not because of his name, but just the way he fights. He's exciting. He's brash. He talks. He'll dunk on you on Twitter. He does not care. It's 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 fun to, to see this kid, and he does the right thing. He self promotes. He 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 does everything you need to do. Love him or hate him, because there's people who hate him already, and he hasn't set foot in the UFC. There are people absolutely rooting for him to lose and be embarrassed and be sent back to Liverpool with his tail between his legs. I don't think that's going to happen, but people are going to tune in and watch it. He's going to become a needle mover. You need to so, be, you need to be polarizing if you're going to be a big personality. That's exactly what he is. You either love him or you hate him. And so far, I love him, and I'm keen for him to fight. Yeah, it's he's eerily similar to the whole the whole build up, and he's got a bit of a cult following before coming to UFC. So similar to Conor McGregor, I think. Um, and if, for those of you that haven't seen him, his haircut is he looks like he's just out of the band oasis and just walked into a fucking cage and he's ready to yeah. go. And fun fact, uh, he's born on the same day as I am, same birthday. So how could I not like this guy? He's ticking every box and my money's on him this weekend. Awesome. Love to see it. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on again to our favorite segment of the show. Who is Dana White mad at this week? He's always mad at someone. Adam, who have you got? Tyron Woodley this week. I fucking feel like Dana White would have been throwing shit at his TV 
definitely would have been watching the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight. And he would have just been like, what the fuck are you doing, Tyron? Knock this man out. So many questions on that. But first of all, what do you think Dana was thinking and saying when uh, Jake Paul was called the winner against Tyron Woodley? And what do you think it means for the UFC and MMA? Is it kind of making these really super tough people seem not quite as tough? Uh, I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't think it's that. Like, he's fighting these old, older dudes who are no longer in the UFC for a reason, right? Tyron Woodley hasn't won a fight in about 17 years. He hasn't won a round for, for mm. 10. Yeah, but and no one picked him to lose. Everyone picked Paul to lose. Yeah. Everyone. I guess more people probably... Uh, maybe myself included. I genuinely can't remember if I made a pick for this fight or not. I sort of, including the whole me. thing. Like, yeah, the whole thing. Me, but Tyron Woodley has always been a low volume. You know, look for that one punch knockout. And in his prime, he was able to do it. For the last four fights, he's been hesitant, hasn't been able to pull the trigger, and he's slower than he used to be. It should have been a recipe for disaster. That as long as Paul could, you know get out the way of all of the big shots and he got caught by one but he and he recovered but he was going to point his way to a decision there was no way he was going to knock woodley out there was no way he was going to do what he did to, to to woodley but i think woodley just forgot that it was a boxing fight maybe and that you actually need to land punches to win the fight mm-hmm. and i'm all of his excuses coming out afterwards Mate, you talked to talk. You said you're in the best shape. You're explosive. You were dangerous. You were going to hurt him. I haven't watched the full fight. I haven't watched the full 20 minutes of the fight. But from the highlights I've seen and from the, the things I've read, Woodley was incredibly disappointing. And nobody's got interested. Nobody's got an appetite in seeing that fight again. No, like, I, I, nobody. I, I have seen the whole fight. It's just a shit fight, full stop. There's No one yeah. deserved to win it, to be honest, especially for yeah. like how much money there would have been getting paid. It was, it was terrible, but yeah, credit to Jake Paul, I guess, man. Like he, he still went in there and did it. And, uh, yeah, as a uh, MMA fan, it's painful to watch, but this time I kind of respected Jake Paul after the win rather than every other fight he's done. Cause it's like at the end of the day, sure. Woodley's still legit and, uh, Jake Paul is just a fucking YouTuber. So he's doing something right. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's admirable what he's done. He's been able to talk his way into this. You know, second career, and he's made a load of money. And you know, in fair play to him as well, he paid out of his own pocket uh, money to the fighters on the card to make sure they all got paid well. Uh, he didn't need to do that. Uh, it's a it's a cool move, and he's highlighting that fighters are underpaid in the UFC, which you know a lot of them are. So good for him for doing that. Hopefully, that improves the situation down the line. The interesting one here is obviously Conor McGregor was watching. He tweeted about it being pathetic. There's no doubt in my mind if Conor McGregor was able to put on the sort of boxing performance he put on against Floyd Mayweather, I know he lost that fight. Conor McGregor would starch Jake Paul right now, assuming assuming he could fix his leg. Now, by the time that fight can come around, who knows? It's a different it's, it's a different story. But he just moves dif- differently, throws punches at better angles. Jake Paul is not a good boxer yet. Can he improve? Sure, he's improved every single fight. Conor McGregor has two fights left on his UFC deal. Do you think he re-ups this deal, or is is that it? Is it is is it one more loss for Conor McGregor against the top lightweight? 
and then they give then they give him then they give him Nate Diaz final fight in the UFC, and then and then he's free to do what he wants. Maybe he boxes Jake Paul because they they would that would be a, an enormous pay per view. There's no there's no doubt about it. I don't and I I don't know how much I actually want to see that fight, but the event itself would be would be wild. And to think that Jake Paul was saying a few years ago, I'm going to box Conor McGregor. The fact that what where we are now is insane. He, what he's been able to do from just like talking shit on Instagram at Conor McGregor. It is pretty impressive that he's been able shit. to position himself here. <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to, you know, tip the old cap to, to, to Jake Paul. But Tyron Woodley let himself down. He talked about this going to be a boxing career. Dude, no, enough. Go crawl back into the shadows. Sorry. Oh, I've got no interest in no. I agree about Tyron Woodley. I was thinking about the McGregor thing all week and like, why wouldn't he fight Jake Paul? It, it's, it's guaranteed probably hundreds of millions of dollars publicity and it's just all the fun stuff that he loves, talking shit, being a dickhead. That's what he's best at and that's what he loves doing. I, I would, I'm nearly expecting him to, to fight Jake Paul or Logan Paul or someone like that once the UFC is done. Yeah. Other thing is I'm – Still on the fence whether the Tyron Woodley fight, the Nate, the not the Nate Robinson fight, the Ben Askren fight. I, I was convinced Ben Askren just took a dive uh, for money for Jake Paul, and I feel like the Tyron Woodley one had it. If Tyron Woodley hadn't clipped him with that big shot, I would have been like that. That whole fight was fixed. It was like they agreed that there will be no knockout. Tyron Woodley's gonna um, lose on decision, and both guys will have res- enough respect. Jake Paul gets the win, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's boxing. It's barely even boxing, man. But professional box fights with Muhammad Ali were fixed, let alone this shit. I, I don't think I don't think it was fixed, to be honest. I think Tyron Woodley was I think he was genuinely wanted to win that fight. I think he's his reputation has taken a huge hit. His legacy's taken a hit. I think he genuinely wanted to win that fight. I just think he's washed. I just think he's Completely dusted. I was hoping mentally, come down that conspiracy physically. Path with me, but no, I know, I know. I and I, you know me. I'll always. Uh, I love diving into a, into a good conspiracy theory. And I also think that um, Ben Askren was just he couldn't train. He was coming off like an insane hip surgery. He was out of shape, mm. and he just got clipped. Like anyone who gets clipped with a big overhand right, they don't see coming on the chin. Probably going to go down. And Jake Paul's a s- strong dude. He could at least bowl and overhand right. So. Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily fixed. I also this is a huge gravy train as well. And if something came out to you know, to say it was fixed, it all stops. Right? This stops as soon as someone it is any any whiff of a rumor comes out that it's fixed, and the, the gravy train is over. And there's a lot more money to be made here. So I think, yeah, I, I don't think it was fixed, but I think he's choosing his opponents very well. He's doing a really good yeah, job of so selecting well. who he needs to yeah. fight. And in fairness. Look at Tommy Fury, the guy who fought on the undercard. He is the brother of boxing royalty. The Fury family are boxing royalty. And he's undefeated, but he's boxed absolute journeyman scrubs up to this point. The fighting, fighting, not boxing, the fighting resume of Tyron Woodley and Ben Askren is far superior to any of the guys that, that Tommy Fury's boxed. So he might not be getting in there with the most dangerous boxers in the world, but he's been boxing for two years. So as much as I hate it, as much as 
it's a shame to see people spending this much money on not great fights on you know low level boxing when people could be watching much better fights they could be purchasing much better usc pay-per-views etc etc you can't deny what he's done and the how impressive it is yeah okay can't add anything to that conscious of time do what is there any news you wanted to talk about um, we had a little bit of fan mail. I threw threw something on our socials on the story today. If there's any talking points, um, there was a whole lot of garbage from my comedian friends, but there was one from one of our uh, Jamie T, one of our biggest fans. He's always sending us content, man. Sending us news. He's a fucking legend. He's more up to date than me sometimes, and uh, it makes sometimes he'll send us something in the punch drunk inbox, and I'm like, fuck, I haven't even seen that. He's like, how good was this? I'm like. I can't even see this. I have to quickly read up on it. I'm like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> he's on top of it. He mentioned the Contender Series, which was actually today. Yeah. And he want to talk about Laura Sanko. I feel like you're a tiny bit more on top of it than I am. He's probably more on top of it than both of us. But did you want to yes. touch on it? He's more on top of it because I know he watches the Contender Series. I haven't had a chance to watch this one yet. I am going to go back and, uh, and, and and watch it. But Laura Sanko, she's a, a sort of... Um, interviewer, media personality, former fighter. She's awesome. She actually became the first woman since UFC one, I believe to be a color commentator and actually call, call the fights on the Dana White contender series. So while it's not a UFC event proper, it's sanctioned under the UFC banner. So she, she takes that title. So congratulations to her. I'm sure we're going to be hearing more from her. She's very knowledgeable. Yeah, she's, uh, good. she's fun. She's a, she's a, she's a really good MMA media personality. So congrats to Laura Sanko. And interestingly, uh, one, one of the fights, Dana handed out a contract to someone who lost and became the first fighter in the show's history to earn a contract despite to suffering a loss, and that was Candelaria. Yeah, so By all reports, it was... A, don't know the show, though. Basically, the Contender Series is there's a few fights on. The winners get a contract. The losers don't. Basic. That's the most basic way to look at it. There's a bit more complications yeah. than that. Dana White scours the with, with the UFC talent pool talent scouts they look for up-and-coming fighters on the regional circuit to get an opportunity and come and fight in front of dana white they match them up the winners get a ufc contract uh, i think most of the time it's typically a one fight contract but we've seen some good names come up sean o'malley came up through the contender series so they do they do find some hidden gems from time to time but typically if you lose you don't get a contract by all reports this fight was really good it was a split decision could have gone the other way, and Dana White actually gave him both a contract. It is really cool when they do stuff like that, and I think it just goes to show again that if you're willing to put it out there to be exciting, put it all on the line, your opportunities in the UFC will be greater. You will have more opportunities. You will get more chances even if you lose, and you will get promoted more. You will get put into bigger time slots. You will get put, put up further up the bill. And I actually had a, a very cool interaction with Terence McKinney on Twitter, who uh, everyone knows him as having one of the fastest UFC knockouts. Uh, very, very exciting up and coming fighter. His entire career has not gone out of the first round yet in his fights, just electric. So he's the perfect example. And we've talked about before how fighters have two jobs and what they do inside the cage is just a portion of that. And he, he sort of, he said, you know, hundred percent, you've got to be out there promoting yourself um, talking smack, having an opponent's name ready to go when you step into the cage, building yourself, promoting yourself. 
uh, and, and, and being an exciting personality and exciting fighter also goes into that. So there's a lot that fighters can do to make sure that they progress in their careers and the smart ones do it and the ones, and it's great to see them get rewarded when they do take those chances. Perfectly summed up. It was as if you were reading off a script once again, a Lewis monologue off the top of his head that just, it just penetrates, you know, just goes straight through the, <laughs> the fifth dimension <laughs> and into the, into the brain. But is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I feel like we're close to wrapping up here. No, mate, I think we can, we can wrap it up. Oh, huge breaking news. CM Punk has retired from UFC competition and has gone back to the WWE. What the fuck? <laughs> How long have you had that set there for? <laughs> I was just waiting for CM Punk to retire. Um, it's been there ready to go for, forever. Just the first time I've been able to use it at the, the right time. Holy shit. Um, yeah, in, in news that no one cares about CM Punk. Um yeah, I don't get it. Everyone was losing their minds over CM Punk coming back. To, I, I don't understand it, man. It's I never right, will. It's all right. It's all right. Everyone, Calm down. Goose frubber. <laughs> Goose frubber. All right, man. All right, let's I've tell everyone that socials. So long. Socials, we've got <laughs> punchdrunkpod at punchdrunkpod on Instagram, at punchdrunkpod underscore on Twitter, punchdrunkpod on YouTube, punchdrunkpod at gmail.com. And Punch Drunk Pod on TikTok. No more to add than that. I feel like today's theme of the show was back yourself. Back yourself and you'll get a contract in the UFC. Bet on yourself, promote yourself, and you'll get you'll achieve the goals you want to achieve in life. Just have that tunnel vision. Don't look to your left, don't look to your right. Just keep going forward. And one day you'll have your own UFC podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs> That's technique.